Hey friend, you're listening to Life Coach In Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Well, hello there. Thank you for coming back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Today, I want to talk to you about making yourself a priority again in your own life. And the reason why I want to talk to you about this topic is because oftentimes when I am sitting down with a client to talk to them about what they want to create in their life, there is a theme where either A, example A, the client hasn't even thought about themselves or their vision or what they want for their life in years because they have put themselves on the back burner and this has become their norm, or B, They do want to go after their vision and goals and they're very clear about what they want and they're very unclear about how to do that when so many people and so many things require time and energy and effort from them that takes away from their goals. So if you consider yourself to be in either of these two camps, this podcast is going to be really supportive and helpful for you. If either A, you have been putting yourself on the back burner for so long that you're not even clear who you are anymore or what you want to do with your life. Or B, you are really clear about who you are and what you want to do with your life, but, you know, there's issues creating the time and space to put yourself first because there are so many other demands on you, on your time, on your energy, and on your effort. Or maybe you're somewhere in the middle and you would just like to learn how you can start making yourself a bigger priority in your life, then this is the episode for you. Now, I think it's important for us to start with how does this behavior of putting myself last or not making myself a priority, where does that begin? What is the root cause of that? Because once we know why we're behaving a certain way, we can find the root of the reason why we're showing up a certain way. And in this way, we can cut off the pattern at the source. We could do some healing work on the part of ourself that gets something from putting ourselves last. Now, that language might have made your ears perk up a little bit. And how is putting myself last, how is that serving me? Because when I ask people that question, the first initial response is, Well, it's not serving me. And to that, I would agree. It isn't, right? Because in putting yourself last, there are a lot of pain points that come with that behavior in that you are lacking your self-identity, you're lacking your self-worth, you're lacking putting your dreams out there. And that can be very sad and very lonely. It can be very isolating or very aggravating or frustrating that you don't have the time to put yourself first. Yet I would say, consider this possibility. What if every behavior in yourself and in other people is driven by a positive outcome? There is a presupposition in NLP 
that states that every behavior has a positive intention. Every behavior has a positive intention. Even the behaviors that we don't like, even the behaviors in ourselves that do hurt us, originally start out with a positive intention. So let's bring this concept into reality for a second. Let's take food, for example. That's the easiest way I can explain this without accidentally triggering anyone. So let's say I have a client that comes to me and says, I really want to lose weight. I want to get fit. I want to be healthy and strong. And I'm like, great, let's do a food diary, a food journal, and find out what you're eating each day. And in this homework assignment, the client writes that she eats four donuts every single night before bed. And when I talk to her about it, she's like, oh, I know, I hate it. It's so not healthy for me. It's so not good for me. I'm self-sabotaging my results. I don't know why I'm doing that. It's not good. And I really want to stop. And I say to this client, well, how does that behavior serve you? And the initial reaction is, it doesn't, it doesn't. And then we dig deeper and we dig deeper and we dig deeper and we find out that this client has a lot of stress in her life. She's just all day just stressed out and has mental and emotional fatigue from making high stress decisions all day long and eating the four donuts at night is her way of checking out and relaxing and getting rid of that stress. Therefore, the positive intention in this behavior is de-stress, make time for myself, have a moment to check out, have a moment for pleasure, have a moment that's just for me. Now, it doesn't serve her in the long run, It serves her in the moment. And this metaphor, you can apply this metaphor to almost any decision you make in your life. Is it serving me in the moment or is it serving me long term? So let's go back to how might putting yourself last be serving you? I want you to sit in that question for a second and really think about it. How does it serve you? Now, each person I ask this question to may have a different reason. I'll give you some of the most popular things that I hear in response and yours might be different. Here are some of the most common root causes that I get to. Now, just to be clear, people don't offer up this information immediately. This takes a lot of coaching, usually 20 or 30 minutes to get to this level of self-awareness. But I'm going to give you the deepest root cause for most of this behavior. Can you guess what the most common reason for putting myself last is? The most common thing that I hear from clients when we get to the real root cause is to gain love and approval from others. In other words, putting myself last allows me to put other people in front of me and to focus on other people. And if I do enough for them, if I give enough for them, if I give enough of my time and energy away to them... They will in turn love me. Now, when we hear this out loud, we're like, that is bizarre. That is really flawed thinking. That is really sad. Yet, this is not stuff that we do consciously. We're not consciously walking around thinking, I need people to love me. Therefore, I'm going to put myself last and put everyone else first. No, no. This is the unconscious root of behavior. For example, if someone grows up in a household where they're only given love and attention and physical affection and words of affirmation when they are doing something to serve, 
That's the unconscious messaging. Oh, I'm loved when I give to other people. So then this becomes an unconscious pattern that follows us throughout our adulthood and one day we wake up and we are asking ourselves, why am I always putting myself last? Why am I tired and exhausted? Why do I have resentment for taking care of all these other people? Well, it isn't your fault that this is your unconscious messaging. It's not your fault that you learned that serving other people is how you gain love and affection from others. That is not your fault. That said... It is your responsibility to figure out what to do with that upbringing, how to get healing from that messaging, so you can move forward and begin to make yourself a priority. Fault and responsibility are not the same thing. It isn't your fault that things happened to you in your childhood or that you receive certain messaging that doesn't serve you. It is, however, your responsibility what you do with that in your adult life. How do you want to move forward? That's up to you. Now I'm going to get into strategies for making yourself a priority in just a minute, but I do want to go over the other four reasons why you might be putting yourself last. Can you guess what the second most common reason is for putting myself last or for putting other people first? It is avoid conflict. People who come to me with this as their root cause, that they put themselves last or put other people first because In childhood, they learned that rocking the boat was not okay. That that was not okay to have a voice. It was not okay to have an opinion. It was not okay to rock the boat. Oftentimes with this type of messaging, if we go back and look at the childhood, the childhood was one in which the messaging, whether direct or subliminal, was that my needs are less important As long as everyone else is happy, then everything is going to be okay. If I do speak up, if I do use my voice, then there are really harsh consequences that are not okay and that are not safe. So this type of child in upbringing learns that as long as they put everyone else first and meet everyone else's needs first, then they will be safe. So they avoid conflict in order to keep things harmonious. How might this show up in adult life? Well, if you're constantly being asked to do things and you feel you can't say no, it might be your tendency to avoid conflict, which is something that we would want to look at in order for you to be able to use your voice and say, I don't want to do that. Or I appreciate you asking me, but the answer is no. If no is a dirty word for you, we're going to be looking at that and I'm going to be giving you solutions at the end of this podcast. The third most common root cause of putting myself last. Can you guess what it is? Why would somebody put themselves last in order to serve themselves in some way? Most common reason number three, it's easier for me to focus on other people because I would prefer to dissociate from my own thoughts and emotions. It's easier for me to focus on other people because I would prefer to dissociate from my own thoughts and emotions. Now, typically, this is a situation in which this person has learned to stay really, really busy in order to dissociate from the self. Now, this can be a lot of different childhood upbringings, yet one in which there is a lot of pain. 
this is a situation in which this person has learned that if they are still, if they are focused on themselves, they have to deal with a lot of negative thoughts or a lot of negative emotions that stem from pain or trauma. And so to dissociate from that, they stay really busy and or put themselves last. So there's never any time to have to confront their inner wounds. Again, It's not your fault if this is you. It's not your fault. It's your responsibility to do the inner healing work so that you can fully come back to yourself and associate to yourself and make yourself a priority again in your own life. Okay, and we're going to get to strategies in a minute. But what do you think is the fourth most common reason why people put themselves last? This one kind of encompasses a lot, but the fourth main thing is... I put myself last because I make myself small. Now, there are many reasons why someone might make themselves small. Again, this is unconscious. We don't do this consciously, but let's get into the why. Sometimes it's easier for people to focus on others and to say yes to everyone else because they feel comfortable making themselves small. And there's different reasons why this might be the case. The first reason why this might be the case, perhaps I was raised with messaging that led me to believe that focusing on myself or talking about myself or putting my needs first was somehow selfish or discouraged or not the right thing to do. The second reason why I might make myself small is for a sense of security or safety. Maybe putting myself out there led to negative results like shame or blame or ridicule or something negative to where my unconscious mind received that messaging as, okay, got it, we're going to make ourselves small because that's safe. Which ties in to number five, although number five might stand alone depending on your upbringing. You might be four and five or just four or just five. But the fifth main reason that I hear why people put themselves last and don't make themselves a priority is actually that if I focus on myself and I go after my dreams or I go after the things in my life that I want to go after, I might fail. And so because subconsciously I fear failure and failure would be the absolute worst thing I'm just not going to focus on myself. I'm just going to put everyone else first. I'm going to put my needs last. I'm going to stay really, really busy focusing on other things so I never have the opportunity to fail. Oh, man. Okay, so of those five, which, if any, resonated with you? Or maybe you have a sixth reason that I'm not aware of, in which case I'd love to hear from you. If you're doing some self-reflection and realize you do put yourself last, you don't make yourself a priority, but it's not because of any of the reasons that I've just said, I would love to hear from you and learn what is your reason for not making yourself a priority in the past. Okay, so now that we know, okay, here's the five reasons why you might be putting yourself last, let's actually get into what do we do to make ourselves bigger in our own life, to make ourselves more of a priority, to be able to say no to people or things that we don't want to do so we can accomplish what we want and need for ourselves in our own life. Now, I do want to say this here, although it is cliche, 
It's a great reminder. And again, it's not have I heard this before or yes, I have heard that before. It's okay, that is a great reminder. Am I implementing that right now in my life? And that reminder is that if you don't take care of yourself and you don't take care of your wants and needs in your own life, that other people won't do that for you. You have to first start and take a stand for yourself and start taking care of yourself in order for other people to value you and to respect your time and to see you as a priority. It starts with you. I cannot get mad at other people for not valuing my time or for not valuing my energy or for not appreciating what I'm doing for them if I don't value my time, if I'm not valuing my energy or what I am doing. And I also want to say for those of you who are raised that it's not nice to put yourself first, that that has somehow become selfish for you to take care of yourself, I want to remind you that you cannot put the oxygen mask on someone else if you are not receiving oxygen. Remember when you're on an airplane and the flight attendants always say, please put your own oxygen mask on before you take care of the people next to you? That is because if you take care of the people next to you and you don't put your own oxygen mask on, guess what? You're going to pass out and suffocate. And hopefully the person that you're trying to help is able-bodied enough to help you in return. But what if they're not? Again, I have to take care of myself. Nobody else is going to be as invested in my emotional and mental health than me. It starts with me. And for those of us that love to give from our heart, I want to remind you that you cannot give from an empty cup. If you are completely exhausted and depleted and burnt out, you have nothing left to give. We must make ourselves a priority. We must fill ourselves up in order to fill the cups of others. Okay, someone needed to hear that. Maybe it was me. <laughs> Let's get into the tips for making yourself a priority again in your own life. Okay, tip number one is the most uncomfortable. It's going to be the most difficult to hear maybe for some of you and I'm going to say it anyway because it is the most important one. Tip number one is to take responsibility for the fact that everybody else is taking your time and your energy. It is really easy for resentment to build up when we feel like we've given so much to everyone around us that they just expect it and they take, take, take. It's really easy to point the finger at other people and say, they're the ones that are taking advantage of me. Yeah, fair, true. And guess what? People take their cues for how to treat you based on what cues you put out into the world. Believe it or not, you teach people how to show up in your life for you. You do. And I know that's a really hard lesson to learn at first. And especially when we have these relationships that spanned decades, when we're trying to step into our power and our strength, guess what we get to do? We get to reteach people how to show up for the new version of us. 
This is something that everyone who's gone through personal development or personal transformation of any kind has had to do. They have had to reteach people how to show up for them. And it's okay, and it's possible, and you absolutely can do it if you're willing to take responsibility for your part of the puzzle. What have you done to contribute to this dynamic? Again, not your fault. I'm not saying I'm going to shame and blame you for that. I'm saying your responsibility to get yourself back to a place of empowerment. So step one, am I willing to take responsibility? That's just a simple yes or no question. So once we're at a yes, you can move on and listen to the rest of the tips. Tip number two is to now set healthy boundaries. And I'm going to give you some tips on how to do this in a healthy manner. And remember, you have taught people for decades how to show up for you. So don't be surprised if there's a little bit of feather ruffling in the process of setting boundaries. Yet I will teach you how to do it in a way that is the most painless and the easiest, most effortless way to do it. Now, if you've been with me for a while, you might remember I did an episode toward the beginning of 2001 called Boundaries, the Good, the Bad, and the Beautiful. That is episode number 16, where I will go into massive depth on boundaries. And I'm going to summarize and give you the highlights. There are two types of people that set boundaries. There's the type of person that sets boundaries that push other people away and tell them this is the line which you cannot cross or you're coming into my energy bubble and you are not allowed in here. That in NLP or in coaching is what we would call away from motivated boundaries, meaning I'm telling people what I don't want and how I expect them to show up in my life. That is not the way I recommend that you set boundaries. An example of this, when someone tells someone else, you cannot text me after 9 p.m. That is an invasion of my personal boundary. Don't do it. Well, that is an away from motivated boundary and where I am telling someone what they cannot do in my life. Is there going to be a time and a place for telling people what they cannot do in your own life? Sure. Sure. Yet most of the time, actually, the better way, the best way is to tell people how you want them to show up in your life and to give them clear expectations of how you're going to show up for them. I'll give you an example. Okay, same example. Someone is texting me at nine o'clock at night and I don't like it. You know what? When I have good boundaries, all I have to do is not respond. That's it. That's me honoring myself. That's me honoring my boundary. You're texting me at 9 o'clock at night? I'm not going to respond right now. I'm with my family. This is not a priority. I will get back to you later. Okay? That's actually healthy boundary setting. Is very me-directed. What is my behavior? What do I want to do? I want to honor myself right now. That's called toward boundary setting because I'm setting the boundary toward what I want to create in my life. So I control my boundaries with my behavior. And also in tip number three, which is in my communication, there will be times when it is appropriate to tell people directly. And so this is tip three, be direct in your communication with people. 
I'll give you a scenario in which this might be the case. Let's say someone texts you at 9 o'clock at night, you don't respond, right? You respond the next day at an appropriate time for you. And then that following night, the person texts you again at 9 o'clock at night. And you respond the following day at an appropriate time for you. And then they text you again at 9 o'clock at night. And let's just say for whatever reason this is bothersome to you. Maybe you don't put your phone on silent and it's interrupting your sleep. And you're like, okay, now I need to be more direct because I've been indirect. I've been showing up in a way that honors myself. And this is still behavior that is bothering me for one reason or another. That's when it's time to be direct about what you are thinking and feeling. And again, you have to combine tips number one and number two in order to do number three in a way that honors yourself. Meaning I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to communicate in a way that is toward. So here's what that would sound like. Hey, Sally, I wanted to just talk about the fact that you've been texting me at nine o'clock at night. You probably don't realize this, but I actually don't put my phone on silent. And so what's happening is that sound of you texting me at nine o'clock at night is actually waking me up every night. And I, I totally understand that you might not have known that. So I just wanted to communicate that to you and ask that you please not text me that late at night. Maybe you could text me the next morning. Now, in this example, I am taking responsibility by saying I statements. I'm not coming to Sally and saying, stop texting me at nine o'clock at night. It's irritating me, right? Sally doesn't know. So I have to assume that Sally doesn't know that this is bothering me. So I have to come at it from a place of, hey, let me just communicate what's going on with me. That's taking responsibility and then asking for what I want instead by asking for her to text me in the morning instead. So who in your life do you deserve to be a little bit more direct with because they're not picking up on the clues that you're trying to give them about how they're overstepping your boundaries, (laughs) how they're overstepping your energy bubble. You deserve to take your power back and communicate these things from a place of this is where I am coming from. Okay, let's move to tip number four. Tip number four is to say no often in order to make room for the hell yeses in your life. In order for us to have the time and the space and the availability to do the things that we really want to do, those yeses are going to require a lot of no's. Now I'm going to move really quickly into tip number five because tip four and five really go together and then I'll chunk these down a little bit more with detail. Yet tip number five is to have a very clear vision for your life. What do you want? If you have a North Star, if you have a guiding light or a compass, then every time somebody asks you to go off course, you're going to realize that they're asking you to go off course and that's going to be an immediate no from you. No, that doesn't align with my vision. I can't do it. I don't have time for that. You know what, now's not a good season for me because I'm really focusing my time and energy on other things. See, it is really easy to say no with the things that aren't in alignment if you know what alignment is. If you don't know what alignment is, if you don't know what you want for your life, if you don't have a vision or a mission statement for your life, then it is very hard to see what the no's are and what the yeses are. 
So it's time to get back in touch with what you want to create in your life, with having a clear vision for yourself, a clear desire, a clear picture of what you're working toward. That way, when people say, hey, do you have time to volunteer at this charity thing? You can easily say, is that time and energy spent going to support my mission, what I'm here to do on earth? Or is it going to detract? There are a million wonderful causes that you could be a part of and you don't have the time or the energy or the resources to be a part of a million things. So the place to start is what do I want to do with my life? What's my vision? What's my purpose? What's my mission statement? Once you have that clear, then you'll know when opportunities come up, if they're in alignment with that vision or not. So tip number four, say no to make room for the hell yeses. And tip number five, make sure you have that clear vision of what you do want. Okay, tip number six is similar. It is set clear self-motivated goals. Set clear self-motivated goals. This is different than a big picture vision or a mission statement or a purpose for your life. These are small actionable steps or goals that you want to work toward in the next three to six months. So for example, your vision, your mission statement might be that you are one day going to travel the world as a motivational speaker, right? Telling people about how they can make themselves a priority. And that's the vision, Well, what are you doing in the next six months to move that needle forward? Maybe you are writing a book and maybe your six month goal is to get that sucker hammered out and finished so you can get it off to publication. This is just an example. Yet what you deserve to have in your life in order to feel like you are a priority to yourself again are goals. What do you want to do in the next six months for yourself Make them intrinsically motivated. These goals are for you, not for anyone else. These are not goals for your family. These are not goals that better the community. These are not goals that better the world, although they can absolutely do those things secondarily. I want you to have goals that feel important to you that make you a priority again in your life. What is the positive impact on you when you have goals that you can strive for? Yes, there will be a ripple effect. Trust me, your family will be positively impacted when you make yourself a priority. Why do I say that with such confidence? Because if you are starting to show up for yourself and you're working towards something that lights you up, that brings you joy, that makes you a happier, healthier version of yourself, that is going to rub off on your family. They're going to be delighted and motivated and inspired to see you showing up for yourself, lit up and on fire for life. You know, sometimes I'll sit down with clients and I'll say, what do you want to do? And they'll say, I want to write a book. And I'll say, great, great. Why haven't you done it? Well, I can't take the time away from my family. And that's where I want to reframe them because they're mistaken. They think they're doing their family a favor by not going after these things. But guess what? If that's impacting them emotionally and mentally, and they're showing up sad and gray or even depressed in their own life, that's the part that negatively impacts the family. It's not 
that making yourself a priority is going to negatively impact your family. It's going to positively impact those around you when you're showing up for yourself. So set clear, self-motivated goals that positively impact you. And those goals absolutely will ripple out and make a positive impact on others. Okay, tip number seven is to let go of perfectionism. And I'm going to explain what I mean by this and how you can do it. Oftentimes we put pressure on ourselves to be available and to be there and to do everything possible. And I'm here to remind you that that is not possible. Your time is finite and your energy is finite. So we must let go of perfectionism in order to embrace the best version of ourselves and to make ourselves a priority. I want you to get really honest with yourself right now and look at your schedule. Just right now, just open up your schedule and just look at it. And is it exhausting you because you are sustaining an impractical, inhuman schedule? Yes, I said have big vision. Yes, I said have clear goals. Yes, I said make progress towards what you want in your life. Yet, if it gets to the point where you're looking at your schedule going... I have to do all of these things every single day in order for me to be moving the needle forward or to be worthy or to be accepting of myself. Um, That's moving in the wrong direction. That's moving you towards exhaustion, towards burnout, towards resentment, towards anger. That's not what I want for you and I hope that that's not what you want for yourself. So let go of the perfectionism. Allow yourself grace to have days that are super productive and to have days that aren't and to have days that you do serve others and to have days that you don't and to have days that you put yourself first and to have days that you don't. Let go of perfectionism. Life just doesn't have to be that serious. It really doesn't. Life is meant to be fun and it's meant to be easy and it's meant to be enjoyed. So remember those things and give yourself grace. Okay, tip number eight. This is going to be a fun one for a lot of you. Tip number eight is to ask others for what you need. Ask others for what you need. You know, a lot of my personal resistance with asking other people for help or asking other people for favors or asking other people for what I needed or being clear and direct about things that would make my life so much easier if I was just willing to ask people for help. I realized that a lot of my resistance for asking people for help was because I personally was so tired of people asking me for help that I projected that if I asked anybody for help, that they were going to be burnt out, exhausted, and mad at me. I want to make this very, very clear. Just because you have or have had unhealthy boundaries doesn't mean everyone else does too. Once we start implementing healthy boundaries with ourselves, and we start honoring ourselves, and we start saying no to people and things that we don't have the time or energy for, we actually create more freedom in our life to be honest with people and for other people to be honest with us. So if I ever am asking something that's outside of someone's comfort zone or they're not willing to do it freely... I am in no way expecting them to say yes if it's not a true, authentic, hell yes. And do you know why I now project that? Because I show up that way. 
So I actually am, as a person with healthy boundaries now in my life, very appreciative of the no's that I hear from other people. I'm very appreciative of the direct communication. I love when people give me the dumbest excuses in the world as just plain fact. Hey, can you watch my dog for me next weekend? No, I actually don't want to. I love hearing that because you know what I would actually hate? For that friend to say, yeah, I'll do that, but then be brooding on the inside because they don't actually want to do it. I want my friends to tell me no when it's a true no for them. I want them to feel like they can be open and honest about the quote-unquote dumb excuses in their life. No, I don't feel like it. No, I don't have energy. And I'm saying the word dumb excuses not because I think that those are dumb excuses, but because we tell ourselves that those are not good enough reasons not to do something. So then what do a lot of people do? They either say yes when they really mean no, or they come up with some cockamamie lie because it makes them feel better about their no. So I'm telling you right now, if you are honest and direct with people about your real reasons why, people will be honest and open and direct with you about their real reasons why, because you're giving them a safe place to do that. So the next time somebody asks you to do something that you just really don't want to do, be honest, because what you're doing is you're creating a communication style of honesty. So the next time you need something, you can feel free to to go and ask people because you've set the precedence that honesty is okay. I'm telling you right now, when you have healthy boundaries, you create a space in your life where other people have healthy boundaries. And then this tip becomes really easy to implement. The tip was ask others for what you want and need. Ask others for what you want and need, knowing that you are giving them the freedom to say yes when they want to say yes and no when they want to say no. Okay, last tip, tip number nine, practice self-love. Now you probably saw this one coming, yet I want to make it really clear what it means because notice I didn't say practice self-care. I said practice self-love. To me, these are different. And I'm not saying you can't practice self-care. That's a great tip. But I would say practicing self-care looks like whatever that looks like for you. Going on a walk every day, taking a bubble bath, enjoying some relaxation time. That might be your current definition of self-care. And all of that is well and good. Yet I think even more important than self-care is self-love. What does it mean to love myself? Loving myself means looking out for my interests because I care about myself. Loving myself looks like putting my oxygen mask on when I need it because I would definitely do that for someone else, right? Do I love myself enough to do it for myself? Loving myself means honoring myself and knowing what I am and am not willing to do. Loving myself means taking responsibility for my own empowerment and looking at my behaviors and looking at the root causes of my behaviors and looking to seek healing within myself because I love myself. Have you ever loved somebody that you just really wanted the best for them because you loved them? You deserve to love yourself with the same intensity. I want what's best for myself because I love myself. 
I would say that a great place to start if you're unsure of where to start with self-love, a great place to start is doing the inner healing work. Remember those five things that I said, these might be the five reasons why you're not making yourself a priority. Well, self-love could look like getting that inner healing work, looking at the places in my life where I deserve to grow in responsibility, where I deserve to grow in empowerment, and maybe going to therapy, or maybe hiring a life coach, or maybe doing something that's going to bring healing and transformation and growth into my life. Okay, so to wrap up, the nine tips I have for you today are number one, take responsibility for your healing, for your boundaries, for your empowerment. Tip number two, set those clear boundaries with yourself. What are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? And make sure you are showing up in congruence with what those boundaries are. Number three, be clear and direct in your communication with people who are taking a little bit too much and or who you need to re-communicate your boundaries with. Tip number four, Say no to make room for the hell yeses in your life. Which means tip number five, have a clear vision of what you want to do so you know when things are and are not in alignment. Tip number six, chunk that vision into smaller, clear, self-motivated goals three to six months from now so you have somewhere to focus your time and energy on yourself. Tip number seven, let go of perfectionism. Give yourself grace. Tip number eight, Ask others for what you need. Have other people support you. Know that they will have healthy boundaries with you when you have healthy boundaries with them. And lastly, tip nine, practice that self-love. All right, you guys, I hope that you have loved this episode. I truly have because this has been an area of growth for me for the past however old I am. (laughs) We don't get it right the first time. This is stuff that takes a really long time to not only learn, but to implement really well and in a really healthy way. And so I hope that you will take it to heart and start practicing what you're learning today. I would encourage you to share this podcast with a friend so that you guys can hold each other accountable to the tips that I gave for you today. All right, have a fantastic week. And I will talk to you again very, very soon. Remember, life is a journey and you're in the driver's seat. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, Or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.